Welcome to the 401k Marketing Podcast. Are you ready to be the go-to expert in the retirement plan community? Listen in as we share ideas, resources, and best practices that you can use to professionalize your firm, demonstrate your authority, and earn more 401k business. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the 401k Marketing Podcast. And I'm really excited to welcome uh, a friend, a fellow co-founder, a fellow female business owner, and an all-around awesome person. So with that, I want to welcome Alex Wright Gladstein to today's 401k Marketing episode. Thank you so much for having me, Rebecca. Really excited to be here. Yay. Well, um, I wanted to dive in and you have an extremely impressive background. When I first learned about you and your passion and your mission behind this new company that you started, and then you shared what you did prior to get into this business, I was just, wow, this is incredible. The depth of knowledge that you come to the ESG space as well as to technology overall. So if you can, um, please give the audience a little taste of your background and then how you stumbled across this wonderful 401k industry. Oh, well, thank you so much for the kind words. I um, Let's see, I've been, I've been passionate about preventing climate change really my whole life. And that's the, the common thread through an otherwise all over the place career. Um, you might think when you see it on the surface. Uh, early on, I decided I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And I thought uh, helping get technologies out of labs that could have an impact on climate change could be a worthwhile thing to do. Um, so I went to MIT for an MBA, really, because I wanted to meet people across campus inventing things that could have an impact on climate. And I met my co-founders for my first startup while I was there. It's called IR Labs, and we make data centers and supercomputers more energy efficient by using light to move data between chips. So we spun that technology out in 2015, moved out to California, uh, started growing the company. And um, you know, at this point, to kind of fast forward, we now have customers like Intel and NVIDIA, where we're helping get their chips communicate using light. But it was back in 2017 when we started offering a 401k plan to our employees. And I asked our providers for a climate-friendly option in the investment lineup, thinking it was a simple request. And it ended up not being a simple request. It took over three years to get a single climate-friendly option in the lineup. And I was just really surprised at how long it took, how hard it was. And it started me on the journey of trying to figure out why is it so hard to do climate-friendly investing in 401k plans in particular. And that ultimately led me to decide to hire my replacement as CEO at IR Labs and start Sphere, which is on a mission to make it easy for every employer to offer climate-friendly options in their 401k plans. I love it. So you guys and gals, I told you she was very smart. <laughs> <laughs> Um, one time when Alex and I were talking about the 401k space and getting a climate friendly option in, and we casually said it just wasn't a thing, you know, 2000, two th the year 2000, 2010, to, you know, it just wasn't something that was discussed on the retirement plan committee tables. That obviously is changing and has changed and continues to develop in that direction, uh, which kind of leads me to my next question. I'm sure everyone on this listening to today's podcast knows the Department of Labor recently released guidance on ESG funds. And, um, 
I think for anyone who read it, they realized it was pretty straightforward, like be a good fiduciary. Um, but Alex, since this is your baby, climate friendly, everything with doing with championing um, the continuation of our earth, um, how do you believe that this new regulation or guidance, I should call it, uh, is going to impact employers, specifically the folks who are making those decisions at the plan level? Yeah, I love how you say it was pretty straightforward. Let fiduciaries do their thing. I think my favorite quote coming out of the <laughs> webinar when the DOL was just going over the new guidance was, I think it was the assistant secretary who said, yeah. just let fiduciaries fiduce. <laughs> I just cracked up. Like, that, is, <laughs> that is a great verb. And I want to use fiduce as a verb from now on. Um, and it's true, you know, really, they just made it clear in an ecosystem where I think if you back up, it really wasn't clear to plan sponsors and to fiduciaries, whether it's okay to do climate friendly, uh, offerings to put climate friendly offerings in 401ks. And it's kind of funny. I ended up starting sphere right around the same time when the last generation of guidance came out of the department of labor that was really trying to, put a damper on uh, climate-friendly and ESG investing in 401ks. And that had a huge impact. It created a lot of uncertainty um, in the space on whether it's okay to even offer climate-friendly options in plans. And the funny thing is the the basic rules, uh, you know, the ERISA, the, the act hasn't changed over time. And in the end, fiduciaries have to be good fiduciaries and put options in plans that make good financial sense for plan participants. And the nice thing is that hasn't changed over time. It's just how that gets interpreted that has changed a little bit. And, but like kind of at, at its most fundamental, you can't put something that's a bad financial choice in a plan. And that hasn't changed regardless of what political party is in, is in the White House. And Really, it's just how do you interpret um, what what makes good financial sense? And this rule made it very clear that um, climate risk uh, and, and the ESG way of looking at investing it has to do with assessing risks and returns similarly to what fiduciaries are doing anyway. And it can absolutely be appropriate to pay attention to that when deciding what options to put in plans. There was one thing that was brand new in this set of guidance that was really exciting to me, which is they said for the first time that if employees are asking for a specific type of investment, that is a perfectly good reason to add that type of investment to a plan because there's data showing that that can lead to increased participation and increased contributions mm -hmm. in the plan and better financial health outcomes for plan participants. And, you know, prior to to that coming out, a lot of the common thinking was, oh, participants asking for something is not a good reason to consider adding it. And now that has really changed. And and um, I think that's a really positive development for climate friendly investing. Yeah, I completely agree with you. There was a study done by Fidelity Investments in their 13th annual plan sponsor attitudes. Um, it's one of my absolute favorite reports. Comes out every year like clockwork, chock full of fantastic information. And they found that 75%, 75% of plan sponsors want to know more about ESG options. So for any advisor today who's not talking about 
just bringing it up as part of the agenda at your committee meetings. 75% of folks are business owners, employers, people who can control the 401k plan. They have it in the back of their mind. Why? Maybe one of their employees brought it up to them and says vocally, I'd like to learn more about how my 401k contributions can make an impact in our world. Yeah, it turns out I wasn't alone. There are actually pretty big movements of employees that are starting to really push for climate-friendly options in their 401ks. And so it is becoming top of mind more and more for employers as a result. I love it. In that same study, 65% of plans are intending to add an ESG option this year. Wow. Big numbers. Fidelity, 13th edition plan sponsor attitudes. Awesome. Awesome survey. Um, Publicly available. It's a you know, clever Googling <laughs> or talk to your Fidelity wholesaler. They'll absolutely help you. <laughs> uh, so taking that a step farther, uh, we talked about the employer level. You talked about employees requesting the um, climate friendly or ESG options within the company's 401k plan. Um, let's kind of take the contrarian view for a half second. Uh, what do you believe some of the biggest headwinds are at the moment? You know, I think I could take that question a couple ways. And I think a lot of people would say, oh, there's this big anti-ESG movement going on. There are laws that have come out in Texas and other states that are anti-ESG. But, you know, I actually don't think that is the biggest headwind. I think that's a sign of the success of this movement. Um, People want climate-friendly options. People want the option to not invest in the fossil fuel industry. And, you know, this is a sign of of it working, it being successful. And, and the fossil fuel industry is, is fighting back, I think, and funding a lot of that anti-ESG rhetoric that's coming out um, in, in certain states. I think actually a bigger real headwind mm-hmm. is just one of terminology. And it seems really mm-hmm. banal and boring, but We did a survey asking people, plan participants in particular, we asked them, what does ESG mean? And the most common response we got back was economic stock growth. And 70% of plan participants did not know what ESG meant. And I think we have a real problem in this industry of not speaking the language that our customers speak. And The reason I realized this and and kind of thought about doing this survey in the first place was because I came from that perspective. I come from outside of this industry. And back when I was asking for a climate-friendly investment option in the IR Labs plan, some of the options I got given were ESG options. And A, I didn't know what ESG meant at the time. (laughs) B, when I looked up what it meant and looked up these options that were being offered, I realized these aren't climate-friendly options. And I realized ESG does not mean climate-friendly. And it took a lot of digging to get to that level of understanding. And I really don't think we should be expecting plan participants to have to do that level of homework. So I think a really important thing we need to do as an industry is start paying more attention to the terminology that we use and really listening to what plan participants and plan sponsors are asking for. If it is broad ESG, great. But if they're asking for climate friendly, let's pay attention to that and not give them funds that are invested in Exxon and Chevron. Because I've spoken with a lot of employees who've asked for climate friendly options in their plans and gotten pretty upset when they realize the options they're being given are still heavily invested in the fossil fuel industry. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's the biggest thing we really need to focus on turning around. It was uh, about 10-ish years ago the whole dialogue, I mean, just the whole industry was ablaze with the difference on target dates, whether they were two 
retirement or through retirement. So it completely changes your your investment strategy when you're figuring out like what's the glide path? Are you getting them to retirement? And then congratulations, you know, blow up the candles and then the glide path changes to more conservative. Or is it through retirement with the thought process that chances are you're going to live 20, 30 years more? So that way you should be, um, your, your equity exposure should be higher as you as you go through retirement and that's was a terminology um miscommunication with a lot of uh, 401k investors they didn't know the difference what their target date was invested in and then when the market went through its gyrations um a lot of people started asking questions and then that our industry then started asking questions okay how are we going to describe to the masses, the majority of folks who are in target date funds, how and why this portfolio manager is recommending either a two strategy or a through strategy. And it's and a lot of a lot has changed in that last decade. So probably yeah. the same is coming through to the ESG world and climate friendly world. Yep. Terminology. So important. I love that study that you did with economic stock growth. I think that would be a fun, like if you're at an employee education meeting as the advisor and you're standing up and you're talking about I mean, just investments in general, if you did like a pop quiz, like, hey, you guys might have heard recently in the news about ESG. Uh, here's three three options on the screen. Which one? What does ESG stand for? Um, you could do it by text if, you know, if anyone's in the office is um, technology savvy, or you could just have people raise their hands the old fashioned day way and just say, and actually now, with the Secure Act 2.0, you could give the winners a five dollar gift card. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> to minimize amounts. Our turn. I love it. Marketing hat always on. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's talk about because you you got this great experience. You've talked to a lot of people who are just so passionate about making a difference. Um, tell us about some of the interesting interactions you've had with plan participants around climate-friendly investing. Oh my gosh. Well, it turns out I was far from being the first one looking for this. And I've now gotten plugged into employee movements at some of the biggest tech companies out there. Companies like Google, Microsoft, Apple, Amazon. You know, It turns out at all of these companies, employees have been pushing for climate-friendly investment options for years. And they've done things like send petitions with over a thousand signatures to their benefits managers or get everyone to send emails and gotten hundreds of emails sent to benefits managers asking for climate friendly options. So uh, the movement is real. People really want this. They're passionate about it. And it's been really fun to get plugged into these movements. And and now finally, with the the new guidance coming out on climate friendly and ESG investing in, in 401ks, I'm really excited to start to see things moving. Thanks. Um, so <clears throat> when you think about kind of contextually climate friendly, um, this isn't just like a singular narrow focus as an advisor opportunity. This really is a humanitarian effort at its core. We all live on the same planet. We all breathe the same air. We all share the same space. Um, so why is this risk of climate change, in your words, not just an advisor opportunity, but also kind of a global mission? Well, to put it simply, we're running out of time on climate change. We have 
six years and nine months left before we hit one and a half degrees Celsius of warming, which is the point beyond which scientists have warned us, have warned us we really, we really shouldn't go. Scary things start to happen. And I think we're all starting to feel the impacts even now. We've already warmed the earth. I think it's 1.2 uh, degrees or maybe even 1.3 at this point. And that's what's driving all this employee uh, interest in, in having climate-friendly investment options. Now, those are some scary numbers, but if we turn it around, there's actually some really exciting opportunity for impact, specifically in the 401k space. Right now, employees are all pretty much required to invest in the fossil fuel industry, whether they'd like to or not, and kind of regardless of whether it makes financial sense or not. Um, there's actually a lot of data showing that over the long term, over the time frames that uh, matter for retirement savings, three years, five years, 10 years plus, um, fossil fuel companies have underperformed the market at large. There also is data showing that the fossil fuel industry is the most volatile, i.e. the most risky industry within the S&P 500. Um, so, so there are all these financial reasons for being able to do climate-friendly investing. But aside from that, the impact we can have when we start to offer climate-friendly investing is really enormous. As one example, uh, most employees don't even think about the fact that their shares are voted on their behalf when they're invested in an ETF or a mutual fund. And those votes really matter in setting the directions of the companies they're investing in. Um, so something that we do at Sphere is we use a service offered by a nonprofit called As You Sow. It's called As You Vote. And we have them do our proxy voting for us. And they do a fantastic job of really aligning the long-term interests of investors, the financial interests of investors, and uh, of the planet in, in voting shares to really take climate action in a way that improves both the value of the companies where they're voting as well as the health of the planet. And it's a really important way that employees can have impact. For example, let's say uh, a hypothetical example, a company like FedEx is going to have a vote on whether to electrify their fleet, whereas another mutual fund might not might not vote in favor of that. Our hmm. fund will if we think it's going to if as you so thinks it's going to improve the value of FedEx over the long term, as well as uh, protect the planet. So it's a really real way that every single person can have a real measurable impact on the planet and on their own financial health. Well, that's very powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, so what's next? The next five years, get out your crystal ball. How, besides the doomsday clock, you know, <laughs> deep right there. Um, what, how do you see... Um, employees, shifting employers, shifting uh, to take a more holistic approach from a from a corporate governance standpoint, including their company's retirement plan, which has potentially billions of dollars of funding that either goes to certain companies or does not. That's right. Yeah. $1.5 trillion is currently invested in the fossil fuel industry from 401ks alone. So, 
yes, there's the doomsday scary scenario, but they're also, you know, I feel a lot of hope when it comes to climate change. And especially after this past year, we got the Inflation Reduction Act passed. And that was the result of years of work really driven by young people in this country, starting with the Green New Deal, coming up with this roadmap of here's how we can not only address the climate crisis, but create more jobs and create a, a better um a better society where it better for people and for planet. And it was this kind of wonderful roadmap that ended up getting passed. And that puts us a really long way towards our goals for not passing the one and a half degrees Celsius mark, hitting our goals for the, for the 2030 timeframe. Um, and so, yes, it's scary that we're barreling towards this limit in a very short amount of time, but we also are making enormous strides led by these young people. And these young people are starting to become a majority of the workforce as well. So I think before too long, people are going to be not talking about the S&P 500 anymore. They'll be talking about the Sphere 500. It's going to be the go-to option because uh, if you want a low-fee index fund that's climate-friendly and that votes your shares for the planet, then uh, it should be the Sphere 500, not the S&P 500. And I think that is just going to become the status quo in the next in the next five years. And that's where so we're going. One thing I want to touch on for everyone. So Alex, when she learned that there was no climate friendly option in 2017, she didn't just go, okay, thanks. You know, no big deal. She went, actually, that's a big deal. And I care about this. So then she started her own asset management company, which is you know, one of the great reasons why she's on our podcast today, called Sphere. And they have a mutual fund option, as well as an index option that can both be placed into 401k plans. Um, so with that, Alex, please provide your, I want to say thank you, as always, so much for joining today's podcast. Um, how can listeners get to contact you, learn more about Sphere and their investment options? Yeah. And I should probably say that none of this is investment advice and everyone should talk to an investment advisor before investing. Of course. Um, but they can always reach out to us. Our website is OurSphere.org. That's O-U-R-S-P-H-E-R-E.org. And, um, and we're at hello at OurSphere.org. And we would love to talk to any and all of you. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I'm Rebecca Hourhand with 401k Marketing. Uh, please reach out to me directly, Rebecca at 401k-marketing.com. Thank you everyone so much for listening today as we talked about climate-friendly options and changing the 401k plan. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to today's 401k Marketing Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of our guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of 401k marketing. The content has been available for informational and educational purposes only. We hope you enjoyed.